Buying a home is an important milestone. Find the right realtor and the right listings for your needs at todayshomebc.com. Powered by Black Press Media. With easy-to-use search filters and direct links to realtors and their websites, you'll get all the information you need to find your perfect home. Search hundreds of local listings and get access to the top real estate professionals to help you find your perfect property. Get started now at todayshomebc.com. This is the Mojon Sports Podcast, a deeper dive into the great personalities we know and love. Now, here's your host, Bob the Moj Marjanovich. Welcome to episode 11 of MojonSports.com. Today's bio features recording artist Dallas Smith. Come a bit of adversity to reach the success levels that he has attained. And an interesting story as well in the fact that he started off with a band called Default, which was Canadian hard rock post-grunge band from Vancouver, and has pivoted into being one of the country's top country western acts. Dallas Smith, next. Every athlete is looking for a competitive edge, and you can find one at stokodesign.com. The K1 Embrace system wraps your legs with over 90 feet of high-strength support cables that are directly integrated into an ultra-comfortable compression tape. The cabling is positioned to naturally move with you, supporting your knee when you need it most. You can customize your level of support with two control dials in the waistband. This is the future of knee support. Stokadesign.com. This is the Mojon Sports Podcast. Time now for our feature bio. Here's Bob the Moj Marjanovich. Welcome to episode 11 of the bio. And our next guest is, well, he's a star. He's a rock star. He's a country music star. He's the one and only Dallas Smith. Joins us from his man cave somewhere in the valley. Dallas, yep. thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Much good to see you. Man, good to see you too. I love the backdrop you got there. You got a little Pavel, Bure, Patterson. Yeah, quite, quite the collection of jerseys, my man. Yeah, I've got some. My favorite there, I think it's reversed in your screen there, but it's a Losers since '67. It's the uh, it's the Leafs jersey. It's my favorite. Uh, I like that one too. Yeah, yeah. Got a nice signed Demko over there. He personalized for me. Yeah, but I, I've collected jerseys since uh, my early touring. So I, I remember uh, like uh, I got a couple all-star jerseys from the minnesota wild um arena it was the first game that trevor linden played for the canucks when he came back oh wow i I caught a lot of really cool games on the road i was there in colorado when uh, more chicken winged uh, nasland so i picked up jerseys the one the pavel burry one is one i picked up in madison square gardens when i watched rangers play cool yeah so, like, the, the one thing, I mean, we obviously know your love of hockey and your connection with a lot of the Canucks. Um, one thing that I didn't know that I found out when I talked to you is that you're actually named, if I'm not mistaken, unless you were pulling my leg. But no. I, I remember walking up to you and I said, did you know that there's a guy that played the National Hockey League in the 70s for the Bruins, 60s and 70s, named Dallas Smith? What was the story oh, behind that? Bobby Orr, def- defense partner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, actually, it's funny. I met his um, his niece in the prairies at one show years back. She said hi. It was funny. But uh, yeah, it was my initials uh, in my dad's side of the family has been the initial D uh, and then Henry Smith for like a bunch of generations. So we wanted that a D name. Uh, and my mom's dad, his uh, last name was Dalrymple. So they really just kind of leaned towards like the D and the Dal. And uh, 
being hockey fans, um, they went with Dallas Smith. But the niece, how did she react when she found out that you were named after her uncle? Oh, yeah. Uh, she had heard a rumor, um, probably in an interview somewhere. So I think I, I had it confirmed before I had seen her. But yeah, uh, Kristen's mom, actually, my mother-in-law, got me a, a Dallas Smith rookie card. It's in a, a little case and stuff for, for my birthday. It's pretty cool. So tell us about little Dallas Smith. That is you, not the defenseman. But growing <laughs> up, what was your childhood like? Where'd you grow up? What was it like? Uh, we lived in, until I was about seven years old, six and a half, seven years old. We were in the Newton area, Surrey. I was born in New Westminster. Um, and then we moved into Walnut Grove when it was just in its infancy, just off of 96th Avenue and 210, just in the valley there. And spent, yeah, my, my entire childhood. It was a wonderful place to grow up. Um, a lot of great friends in the area. And I, I kind of still, still live somewhat in the area here. It's just such a fantastic place to grow up and raise kids uh yeah it's uh it was it was um yeah, it was sports i mean i tried soccer i was in i was into bowling oh i i this comes out i'm sure i, I can't believe Kristen hasn't brought this up in front of you guys uh to make fun of me in front of the family and stuff but uh i was uh in 2000 no it was i was 11 years old uh we won the uh, bc olympics for bowling which was uh I don't break that one out very often. Um, and then we played street hockey. It was just a lot of street hockey. I got a lot of a lot of friends through street hockey and still in touch. And yeah, lots of that stuff up at the top hey, of the set there. You know what? I can, I can believe the road hockey bit. I mean, that was our shtick all the time growing up in New Westminster. But um, bowling, did you like, did you get any heat for being like a bowler at the age of whatever, eight or nine? I was getting heat for a lot of things today. And, yeah. <laughs> bowling was the least of my concern um but it was fun i mean it was it was a good time it was something to do on a saturday morning you know um i i'm really not coordinated with my feet at all so soccer wasn't working for me uh i get distracted pretty good i love baseball now i love playing baseball and softball stuff but uh as a kid i was a bit of a daydreamer and then um yeah so i just street hockey loved it so, like, you're growing up, I mean, obviously, we know what you are now, which is a huge country western star, but, I mean, were, were you wanting to be a, an NHL player? Was that the big goal, the ambition, or was was it something else? No, I, I was a bit, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I, I was kind of at an early age, um, up until I was about, I don't know, probably the same age that I stopped bowling, about 11 or 12. I was actually into oil painting. Um, so my, my parents had me in that. So it's pretty artsy as a kid, uh, but it didn't really involve a lot of music. My mom played, uh, my dad played guitar and sang in the house a little bit. Um, my mom was in Sweet Adeline's, that women's professional choir. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was lots of, lots of singing in the house growing up. But, uh, but I, I, I was really shy about it. I didn't sing. Um, it was just always around. Uh, and then I, as I got... As I got older, I started getting into music, listening to breaking open my dad's records, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Hendrix and Zeppelin and uh, lots of Beatles stuff. And that's when I started getting into music. And, mm -hmm. and then that kind of just kind of consumed all my interest at that point. When did you realize that music was going to be the path you're going to pick? Oh, man. It happened. Like, everybody's got a really strange, everybody's got a different story. Mine's pretty odd. I, I honestly, I just ended up getting in a garage 
with a handful of my friends that were in different bands and I just got drunk and I just wanted to get over the, yeah, I just wanted to get over the fear of singing in front of people. Like I did it in private and I was like, I think I'm all right. I just wanted to do it just like to try and just get over that fear or something for me. Right. And, uh, and it snowballed. It just kind of snowballed into, we started writing a few songs. We re record them down the ideas down this old ADAT track. And, um, uh, and then it just kind of passed through hands and got through to the singer of Nickelback, Chad. And he took our demos and we made it into a record. And that was it. Dallas Smith is our guest, episode 11. More with Dallas. First, got to tell you about the folks at OK Tire, the Delaney's. When it comes to tires or meeting any of your automotive needs, I send my friends to one place. Hell, I'll even send Dallas there. OK Tire in Langley. It's more about tires, about complete automotive care. Check it out. Delaney's OK Tire in Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway. Um, so default, this is interesting because default, how I could define it as a grunge band, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the ones that always, yeah, the ones that always stuck to me that were pretty consistent was the was post grunge era rock. Okay. It was kind of like, yeah, whatever. So yeah, post grunge era rock, and I mean, the, the one thing about musicians, I guess, you always need some sort of inspiration or just something to to you know generate that music and that emotion. Where did a lot of that come for you? That inspiration and that emotion for your music. Oh, back in the day, it was all relationship-based stuff. Yeah. It was all just, you know, just inner experience as a kid growing up. Um, yeah, it's where it all came from, just organically like that, as you were writing songs and doing things, yeah. Um, and it's always been the case. It's just kept being that case. And you guys had a lot of success with Default, I mean, clearly. Yeah, um, yeah it was fun. Yeah, was... I mean, take us through that whole process. You know, what were some of the... The things that you had to overcome or some of the things that surprised you i mean just that whole process you want me to open this can of worms i can open yes. it uh yeah okay um well we got we got the record deal um through that demo that we did with kruger and uh we signed a record deal with tbt records out of new york city it's the biggest independent uh record company at the time um and they sent us off to go right with our like hero producer, he pr produced Pearl Jam 10 and a lot of that Seattle uh, grunge music that we loved growing up, Rick Parasher. Um, and then we wrote Wasting My Time with uh, in that studio and did all that. And that song went to radio at the same time that Nickelback's How You Remind Me was blowing up. So we, you know, a kid who barely had sung in front of anybody two years previous, had a number two song on the rock chart touring with the biggest band in the world and i'd only played like a dozen shows um so yeah it was it was a lot of learning fast but the Nickelback guys were great to us uh took us all over the world australia europe all over north america a bunch of times and they, they looked out for us the best that they could we were so green in that scenario and uh yeah i mean that's what i did for my 20s we we just i joke we just toured the world and drank free beer everywhere it was pretty it was pretty rad <laughs> that's pretty good you, you know it's interesting you always you see this bond between musicians and athletes right and we'll yeah. touch on this a little bit more but uh, i guess the, the same kind of holds true i mean you know if you have a winning team you have to have the veterans kind of take the rookies under their wing and kind of show them the ropes and that sounds like what ha what happened with you and nickelback yeah yeah you just um yeah i think music business is more riddled with people who want to take advantage of the of the people that are green in the scenarios it's pretty famous for that 
but but they were great to us you know they, were, they really were and and I've tried to sort of pay that forward I know all the guys that, that were in my in default we all, we've always tried to have that mindset and you know show people the ropes because we, we you know to touch into other things we went through we had a uh, we had a, a business manager in the U.S. who um, he had just suddenly passed away and after he had passed away we found out that he was uh stealing lots of money from us and he wasn't insured and it was like it was a nightmare so we we spent years going through the legal process of that um with his estate and we owed the canadian government hundreds of thousands of dollars because he had mm. he had never remitted um the gst on the shows when we got paid he just paid it out so we, we ended up getting it we ended up getting the money but we thought the gst was remitted but anyways yeah so that was a lot of fun and uh the band started uh we got along great but between that and the record company went through bankruptcy uh it was it was a few years or it was pretty dark um and uh we all kind of just kind of gave up on music a little bit and but that, that was around the time when i 2008 2009 when i went down to nashville for the first time to go and write and uh try to put this idea that i had um into motion yeah so how, i mean to me that's a bit of a pivot and i'm not a music yeah. expert by any means but going from post grunge into country western how tough of a pivot was that it was it was a good timing for me because as my as country music was changing and evolving guys like Keith Urban and Dirks Bentley, a bit more guitar driven and, and upbeat sort of rock and stuff. Um, it bridged the gap. It really did from just, just the basic, you know, CCR and Zeppelin and all this rock music that I grew up with. Um, and my mom's, you know, Brooks and Dunn and Reba McIntyre and stuff. Like it just kind of bridged those influences for me, those guys. And as I started listening to those records more, uh, yeah, my, my heart really wasn't into into being in a rock band anymore just wasn't my musical taste it wasn't where uh my life experience was taking me you know as far as being inspired to do that um and it, it was 10 years of singing those songs you know that's one thing that kind of blows me away and you know i, I hate to use the word one hit wonders but there are one hit wonders and yep. you know you, you just wonder sometimes these these their acts they're still out there they're still playing casinos or this or that and i'm thinking to myself how many times have you played that song? And came like, I mean, to me, it would drive me nuts, but hey, yeah. you've got to make a living, right? If you've got a hit, utilize it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've always, I've always thought this way. It's like the music business will, it's going to, it kicks, it kicks your ass, successful or not. Like it, it just does. Um, and you really have to be passionate about it to be in it and to keep doing it and keep taking the L's, you know? Um, and it was just a point where, like you're saying, like with the older acts, I remember seeing um, acts walk, older acts walk through the airport and I just kind of saw my future. And there's not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, touring is touring and it's, and it's making a living, but I, I was young. I just didn't want to, I wanted to do something on my own at that point, you know? And I know one thing with sports, um, sometimes there's a stigma and I'll give you an example. If you're a Canadian baseball player, who decides to go to the U.S. and play baseball down there? Well, he's a Canadian, right? I mean, there's that stigma. And I'm thinking about yourself and making this pivot. Was it a double stigma in the sense that a) you're Canadian, and b) you come from a post-grunge background? Yeah, yeah. It's um, 
yeah, definitely in the U.S. Canadian country radio was really, really great to me. Um, first single was like top 10 and uh, they, they greeted me with open arms, which was fantastic. Uh, but it, the U.S. side was definitely a huge challenge. Back, back when my first record came out, the solo stuff, um, Apple Music was just in its infancy with iTunes. Uh, there was no Spotify. No, none of that was public. And um, yeah, so it was it was uh, it was it was good. So that that way, like it's easier now with with all the uh, cross border stuff. It's like you can you can put something a song on Spotify no matter where you are in the world. And if it's a good song, the algorithm with, with them will feed it to where it needs where it'll go. Right. It mm -hmm. never was that back in the day. So you had to like, yeah, you, I had the stigma of being Canadian to those gatekeepers in the US, um, you know, and I wasn't, uh, it's a hard thing to crack when you're, you're Canadian. There's not a lot of, besides Shania and Paul Brandt and Terry Clark, there's not a lot of artists that have come, come out and made noise down there. So yeah, definitely, definitely was. And, and I wasn't a guy who moved down to Nashville. That was always the question, when are you gonna move down there? And I've got, I got my son, Carson, uh, I believe you've met, uh, he's gonna be 17 here pretty soon from, previous marriage and he lives close by and everything's good so i i you know I, there's no way i wouldn't sleep at night being away from from that and i think it's given me a good a different perspective if i was in nashville i'd be driven nuts by 20 24 7 music uh and i'd, I'd end up just kind of probably just sounding like everybody else possibly whereas my life experience of that is different being from up here and living up here and putting out records being based out of here you get some space yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Dallas Smith is our guest on the bio. Got to tell you about our good friends at Ignite Management. Mike Watson and his crew, hey, you want to redefine the culture of your organization? Well, take the next step in your leadership journey with Ignite Management. Become that leader that positively impacts those around you. For more information, visit ignitemanagement.ca. Buying a home is an important milestone. Find the right realtor and the right listings for your needs at todayshomebc.com. Powered by Black Press Media. With easy-to-use search filters and direct links to realtors and their websites, you'll get all the information you need to find your perfect home. Search hundreds of local listings and get access to the top real estate professionals to help you find your perfect property. Get started now at todayshomebc.com. Um, Dallas, you know, when I look at what you've done and, you know, we've talked about a lot of the highs, right? But there's also been some lows, some real lows. Oh, yeah. How, how would you define those lows and how did you get through those lows? Man. Um, yeah, I mean, between like the record deal, record company going bankrupt and we had this record ready to put out and then we found out like, on his deathbed the guy was still cashing checks that he shouldn't have been cashing um it was pretty dark you know just even relationship wise what was going on with me personally like it was just a trifecta of just just yeah and uh i've always said like carson my son he's always been something that's been like my north star my entire time through the entire my entire career uh, but especially during those years where uh, it was very, yeah, it, it was not, uh, it was not, uh, it was not all coming up Millhouse for Dallas. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. But I've always said that. Yeah. Carson, he's a, he's always been that for me. Well, talk a little bit about also the fact that now you're married with Kristen, of course, who basically yeah. runs the operation as I know, um, yep. have more kids. I mean, 
does that help keep you grounded as well? Yeah, it really, it really does. Um, she's a fantastic teammate and she understands me well. Um, yeah. And just our quirks work together and coming in and out and stuff is very difficult. And we work together quite well with that. And like you said, she runs the show. So like, I just, I come and go and I insert and I help where I can, but I just try not to get in the way. How different is it now having that type of support system? And you talked about, you know, having a son from a previous marriage. Yep. Now you got more kids. I mean, you're, you're married. Um, it, it keeps you grounded. I also imagine it helps you get through some, some difficult times. And we'll talk about COVID and, you know, what yep. it meant to, to the music industry in a second. But I imagine it probably really helped you through all of that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, as, as my family's grown and stuff, everything else, nothing really outside of that little bubble really matters. Um, so yeah, they, they've really helped me keep focus and um, just lots of, even just even just through some, you know, through COVID and stuff and the dark stuff with that is, it's just been such a positive to be able to spend that time that I wouldn't have been able to spend. Um, with all three of my kids, we had a little baby and a little baby girl. So yeah, I get to, I got to be Mr. Mom and and enjoy that uh, that I did you know enjoy that stuff that I didn't really get to enjoy when Vadi was that little and yeah. especially when Carson was was a little guy. One of the things too, like when you talk to athletes, you you often hear them say that you know once something is taken away from them, they appreciate it more. And you know usually it's an injury, right? A guy misses three, four months being on the shelf with a, you know, muscle pull, whatever, broken leg, who knows? But when they come back, they always talk about appreciating it a lot more when it's taken away from, do you find yourself kind of in the same way, not being able to tour because of COVID and then yeah. back after COVID? Yeah, man, it's, it's, um, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's performing and singing and just uh, playing music with the guys and doing that is, is, uh, is it's just a piece of me i've done that for over half my life now um getting up and and doing that experiencing live music with with fans and and fellow musicians so yeah i missed i missed it a lot not only just for the you know expression and getting that out of you um but just just the hang like the locker room hang you know not just just the, the travel there with the guys and um the restaurant hangs and you just you just miss that stuff right I was going to mention too, I think one of the things I don't think you realize sometimes, I mean, we all kind of get caught up in our egos as entertainers, performers, athletes, whatever, but sometimes I don't think you realize the impact that you have on people and their mental health. And, you know, we've talked about mental health. We'll get in a little bit more with your foundation, but sometimes you, you kind of get a little bit of an awakening and people will say, Hey, you know what? You really helped me through this or your show helped me through this or your music helped me through this. I think when you kind of get that, it, it kind of, you realize that the impact that you're making it, for a lot of people is a positive one. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's also something that helps you get through uh, with COVID and stuff. If, if, I'm getting support back from other people and um, everybody in the music industry was suffering at the same time. So we had really good uh, group chats going with supporting each other. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Your foundation. Tell us a little bit about it. Shameless plug time. Ah, um, yeah, we, uh, we've done a few events already. Uh, the foundation is called Lifted, and we're partnering up with different, uh, we did an event with Langley Firefighters. We did a ho hotel festival uh, last summer. Um, and we're just raising money uh, in the lower mainland here for, uh, you know, youth access to mental health and re recovery programs. Um, 
yeah, so we've raised, you know, we've raised, I think, about 100 grand now. We've given out uh, 25 grand to a, a charity here in uh, in Langley that helps um, yeah, recovering youth, mental health and service center. So, yeah, just, um, yeah, just trying to use platform just for some good. Um, I'm noticing how much COVID has affected my kids with anxiety. And mm-hmm. um, it's something that, that my wife and I both have experienced through childhood and, and deal with it still. So, but it, yeah, we're going to need a lot. We needed a lot more attention pre-COVID to these services, but even more so now. We had a generation of kids that are, you know, it wasn't supposed to be this way for them for that period of time. So we, gotta, we need to give them a hand when they need help. Website? Uh, we don't have it up and running quite yet. Um, oh. But uh, on all my, my socials, uh, we've got that stuff up on my socials, so they'll be connected there. So it's at Dallas Smith on Instagram. Um, you're going to start touring pretty soon, so we'll talk about that as well. But yeah. one question I got to ask you: What is it about the connection between musicians and athletes? It's yeah, it's universal. It's bizarre. Right from day one of touring, I remember stopping off in in uh, Long Island, Long Island, and all the Islanders came out to the default Nickelback show there and it was just that was my first experience doing something like that it was an absolute blast and uh ever since like between Duchesne and just uh Horvat obviously there's just a bunch of players across the board um that I've met over the years and and got to hang out with and uh I, I the funny one lately has been I I remember back in 2003 we were at the Much Music Video Awards and I was at an after party, this long ass lineup. It was the biggest lineup, it took me a half an hour to get a beer. So I loaded myself up with two Coronas. And as I'm walking out of the lineup, Gary uh, Roberts walks up to me and just goes, Boop, thanks kid, steals my beer. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I messaged them. I, he messaged me back and he says, yeah, I owe you beers plus interest. So That's it's just, it's just funny, man. Yeah, it, it's really funny. Musicians want to be hockey players and, and uh, hockey players, speaking of Chad Rowley, right? He he's yeah. a hockey player to your musician. Yeah, it's um, just I think probably you know maybe because of the similarities in lifestyle. I mean, you're performing every night, or you know most nights, you know you're on the road. You have that camaraderie of a team. So there there's probably a lot of things. Well, some of the other things we'll get in. We, we'll leave some of the other things left unsaid. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's a motive <laughs> between either one of them. Yeah, yeah you, get, you get the idea. <laughs> And speaking of touring and getting back on the road, how excited are you to get back out? Oh man, I'm uh, yeah. It's I don't even know how to explain it. It's uh, we've been looking at this light at the end of the tunnel. It just never seems to be coming. Uh, so we're we're deep into production, getting all this stuff all ready to go uh, with all the other artists. We got JoJo Mason, Sean Austin, and uh, other Canadians. Well, they're local. Those two guys, and then we've got James Barker Band, who's uh, who's fantastic. They're killer. Uh, direct support and then we got megan patrick and kelly prescott and then manny blue got a big tour i'll tell you what looking forward to the show in abbotsford i know i'm going to be there and of course yep. uh, your big supporters the blaney family they're going to they already got a suite lined up so i know they do yeah so uh looking forward to, to seeing you perform that Me too. Um, Dallas, this has been a real fun, uh, be real treat talking with you and just learning a little bit more a lot more about you actually and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon sometime absolutely great talking to you much the Mojon Sports Podcast online. For more episodes, check out mojonsports.com. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. 
Content you can trust from Black Press Media.